Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wombat Radio. Today, we're chatting with Tari. Hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell us who you are? A little recap? Yeah. Because maybe it's different than last time you told us who you were. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, well, I'm. my name is Tari. Um, I feel like maybe I am a little bit different. Um, I feel like a big kid now because I did something that I'm that I feel like big kids do. <laughs> like put on a show. Like put on a show and be the boss. Um, wow. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm mainly work as a professional dancer. Um, mainly for others. And this um, recently I did a show that was all my own, and I hired people and um, yeah, made a work for a festival, which was kind of a big deal for me. Miwi. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, for the Next Wave Festival. Um, less than a month ago now, like not even probably three weeks. Oh, no, it's about, about three weeks ago now. But it feels like a lifetime ago. And does it feel – because it was July or June last year. So nearly a, mu- a year ago when yeah. we were talking about this distant – idea that you're going to try and manifest yeah it um it 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 always felt really distant and then all of a sudden it was so close (laughs) um and I think the last time I spoke to you I probably was gonna go into my first development so I don't even when I was talking to you I didn't know what I was talking about the ideas, um, I guess, would have been sitting there ready for um, a period of working alone and a little bit with others. Um, and I can't even remember what I said, but um, just from our conversations before, it sounded like some of the things have still stayed there mm. um, from from last time. Um, and obviously there are some things that um, didn't come to fruition, but I'm still thinking about them. Yeah. So the ideas, how you're saying that like before you went into it, you didn't know what you were, what it was going to be, but you knew what you were thinking about, which is um, weaving and lineage and community and culture and and how that forces you to think about. Uh, environmental impacts longer than your own lifetime um do you now like did doing the show um, answer any of your questions um i think that um i mean all the research that i'd done and i continue to do after then right up until the show it all it to me it all made sense Um, Like it was all um, coming to a point and um, it was almost like I couldn't – there's some parts of me that – like what happened in the show, what ended up happening on stage is uh, obviously different from what all the the thoughts and all the feelings and all the things that we actually ended up exploring – but I had to do the whole thinking, the holistic thinking to get to that point as well because mm. in a way I couldn't um, – It everything works in tandem. And so it was actually quite difficult to funnel it into a show because some of the ideas were so large. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And you think things got left on the sideline? I think that um, – I, don't, I feel like because it's my first time and I'm still refining who I am and maybe how I even think about making work mm. um, and maybe it's me that's like a future me that I'm thinking is like um, knowing how to uh, enter into something and then I, the realisation of that concept is happens in the show itself. Um and some of the things I was like, 
um, well, that's for maybe development number two. Um, the show is what it is at the at the moment. Like I always feel like it's it's whatever happens and ends up happening in the show is like a combination of whatever you were thinking and feeling at the time. Mm. Um, and then there's obviously like all these residencies I've had where I've sort of played with different ideas. Um, and if I had made it maybe back in July next, last year, mm. it would have been a different show. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think everything has its own timing and everything, like obviously I have to make the show because that's what I'm being paid and commissioned for. Yeah. Um, so that's what it came to at that point in time. Um, but yeah, there's different, yeah, I, I feel like there's there needs to be a refining Obviously, because no one's ever, like, it's my first work and I have, like, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself, but then to ground myself, I had to think it's actually my first work and it's not going to be the most amazing thing ever because it's my first thing ever and it's my first time trying something. So, no one's ever great at riding a bike at first, Mm. but then as practice, you continue, you, like, never forget how to do it, so... How did you go from dealing with the concepts and weaving and hanging out with people and asking them questions to making dance phrases and rehearsing them? Yeah. Um, well, I think I um, what I ended up doing was um, believing that everything, um, anything that was done in reference to weaving in general in a physical sense was the movement language. Mm. And then all the conceptual stuff I put in like categories and then I made all my ideas work to that, um, that idea. Mm. Um, so in a, in a, what people might call a section, it was all about, um, our way of relating to the country, like in any, in in all forms of the word. So that could be p- past and future and present text, like uh, tense. Um, so, um, and then using the movement language from all of the developments that I had with people where I'm like um, teaching them how to weave and then we extrapolate and we um, pull apart and then we look at everything that weaving is as a physical sense, um, an emotional thing and a spiritual thing. So, I feel like when you layer things like that, everything is um, working along the same uh, thought process and you are getting to somewhere um, and it all everything informs the work anyways. Um, yes. As long as you're always w- thinking and looking at all those things that you're um, trying to explore in a work. It's like a synthesis of you have the experience and then you synthesize it. Yeah, and I think that's what I feel like. That's what I I I, <laughs> I think I take a long time to make work, um, and I have to sit with things for a very long time in order for me to give reasons to do something. Mm. So I'm always like, "But why am I dancing? But why am I doing this?" And then if I can f- answer that, then I feel there's validity in the stuff that I produce. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's like. If I'm looking at the work as it ended up being, I don't know if I would say that I was fully happy with everything, um, but there's there's some part of me that says I made it in um, an incubation period where um, I was feeling and thinking very deeply about all this stuff and whatever came out was how um, is a result of all that, the synthesis of everything coming together um, at that point. Yeah, but I think that's kind of like, I feel like that's everyone's process, but it might not be as well. So, um, but I can't, I've only worked with a few people and, um, and that ended up being my process was actually, I felt was a very confusing time. (laughs) Um, And it didn't, I didn't replicate, like I worked really heavily with Thomas um, Kelly. Um, I don't have the same process as him. Um, We actually can't really talk that much about work because we think so differently about the way we approach things um, and rev- stuff reveals itself in different ways. Um, I think Tom works from a very practical and very physical point first and I work from a mental questioning point and and then they both like, then you have ebbs and flows of both of those things in all the process. But I always, I feel like I, uh, I, I start from a mental place mm. 
Um, and that was, yeah, so it's interesting that you just have these things innately in you that you don't even understand why they're there. Yeah. And is it that you start with a question and then dancing is a way to think or you start with a question and then you work out what you think about what the answer might be and how to research it and then you once you work it all out then you use dance as a way to transmit that to an audience or is it actually that the dancing is the way of asking your body the question that you're dealing with um i reckon it could be it could be all of that like i know when someone asks me how to say unlock a gate or something Mm. i don't know but if i was standing in front of it i would be reminded because there would be all these queuing systems and i think the same thing happens when i'm thinking about physicality or embodiment of cultures and lineages and communities and ideas and that for me to explain it i would be almost generating it i would be making it up it it might sound good but i don't know if it's honest to what my body would do Mm. but if i was in that situation my body would have uh embedded history yeah 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 i think that um I think that's why I tried to incorporate weaving in it as well. To Did you do weaving on yeah, stage? Yeah, we, uh, we didn't do weaving on stage. Um, uh, we did, we did. With with the rope, you can, yeah, okay. we did some form of weaving. But if I'm, if I'm being really honest, I, um, I wasn't uh, demonstrating how I weave in a typical coiling sense. Um, no. So... Yeah, I just, I think that that's true. Like, I wanted a a genuine response. I wanted the people in my work to understand what weaving was so that they could have a memory, a body memory of it. And then that would be, um, then that would be more genuine. And um, also then you use, obviously, imagination. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. And mistakes as well. You're like, yeah, I'll just do that thing from memory and then it's wrong, but it's better. Yeah, yeah, happy accident. Yeah. And um, it was you and Kalina and Katina. Yes. Cool. Yeah. How was it working with family? Um, So in the previous, um, like, developments, I had worked with different combination of family so not com- combinations but um different ingredients. i mean i always i i from the very beginning my nana was always on board so oh, my nana was my first Collabor- collaboration <laughs> cool um and then kalina obviously it was it just made sense that she had to come on board so she, i felt like a responsibility to take it with me because um it's actually her story too so it just didn't make like it would be stupid if I try to make the work without her being that we have the same training we've kind of worked together before mm. and and she's like at the level of um she's at the skill level I need in order to work with someone and yeah, this is important. her family story Mm-mm-mm. and then Katina came on board um uh because she's um someone I worked a lot with in other situations and um I feel like she was really, um, she was very sensitive in terms of like being able to um, embody a story that, you know, not, not necessarily has her own connections with that um, in terms of her personal Aboriginal history and heritage. Um, but she's like, um, she would take on the responsibility of um, knowing information um, and being really really respectful and actually genuinely interested so i feel like choosing her was um was a really good idea on my behalf to do that well done well (laughs) see yeah cat yeah she's great (laughs) um and then um i in my september residency i worked with my younger sister kirsty um and actually my niece so my my sister kirsty she has a daughter and she's like the only like out of all our siblings, she's the only one with a child, if I'm thinking about 
same mum, same generational lineages. And yeah, and um, so she, she, because she's a mother and she's a single mother, she, you know, obviously Jada was is is not. She had to come into rehearsals with us sometimes um, because she wasn't at school age as well. So she was. There was just times she had to be there against her will, <laughs> but she was there, um, and that was so interesting. Like, um, like it, it was at times frustrating because like, you know, I'm trying to do like a major work and I have like a young child just like looking at the camera, trying to mess with things. And um, I, I have so much footage of me being so like, you can see me, I'm so annoyed with my knees <laughs> because I'm trying to get this like work out of my head. And then, um, and then also my younger sister, she's, um, she works at a different, like she's, she doesn't have the NASA training and um, she was going to be in Adelaide because it was an Adelaide residency. And I was like, great, I'll, I'll grab you because you, it's important you know about this stuff too. So that's my thinking behind it. But I also know that it was, uh, was going to be challenging because we weren't, um, we don't have the same training. So um, it was like a mixture of being professional but then having to let go. Um, and, then, and then I did a lot of interviews on like with um, – they there's like a, a few elders who I'm like pinpointing because of like their story and also their their cultural importance in in the communities that they work in because they're still working in a context where they're connected to part elements of the culture that um not every elder is and so it was like choosing my elders who I'm like gonna be working with who I feel like are connected in a in not only just in a business sense but like in such a spiritual way to other things and when they speak when they spoke to me about um stuff it was yeah but I guess their family as well so it's like there's that that immediate family and then there was like that sort of community family that I was dealing with family in the western construct or in the pre- colonial kinship construct well if you i think i i don't really know because well if if i'm i it's a it's like this weird thing where you're like when you talk to other people mm. you have to say oh that's my sister mm. um you know um and that's my niece but we actually teach our niece to call us mum as well so that would be a cultural way of looking at her i actually refer to her as my daughter all the time so um the responsibility of raising her is not just on kirsty mm. it's actually on myself and my other sister kalina mm. um and my uh, my younger sister like we um t- try to recreate that as well as like a um a, a sort of like a broader family responsibility that we don't just Oh, that's your your individual and that's your child. So therefore you make all the decisions about her life and the, the world that she lives in. Mm. But actually we, as frustrating as it is for Kirsty, but we, we find that culturally we have a say in her upbringing and what she does and um, and our responsibility to her is that we take her sometimes, we, we be her mum. Like we don't, we chastise her, we teach her the same way that we would probably teach our own children. Mm. So um, that's the kind of that way. And then um, and I think we try to involve our nana a lot in that sort of triangle. So she actually has, she has her nana and then she has her nana nana, <laughs> which is like my grandmother, which is nana um, Phyllis. So um, it's, yeah, it's, so it was at times I had all of them in the same room, like my mum, my nana, um, my sister Kirsty and Kalina, and my niece. So I felt like, in in a sense, that um, me we was is all about that is about because I I think that like not everyone's as interested as I am, but it, as long as I'm exposing just gently and subtly to all my family. I'm sort of like making a, being the catalyst for this slight information like transference just by being in the same space mm. um, and thinking and creating um, and making it important in um, making something that, 
you know, like today, maybe like weaving isn't really like relevant. I don't know, but um, I'm tr- like what I'm doing is saying, well, for me, it's relevant. And I think for our generation, like our our family story, it's relevant. And it's just like that little slight nudge to everyone that this is a, a thing. And hopefully that's my way of like making it happen in the future is that like I'm just like making it exist now and then people, are, they understand it and they're kind of like you get used to an idea and then hopefully that somewhere down the line because it took my nana like, all of her like all of her adult life to come to weaving or and even to come and step and think about herself as a cultural um leader or even just like thinking about it at all because um i think in my nana's generation it was certainly wasn't really um like as they grew up there was no teaching of anything like their parents like her parents taught her nothing about anything like any practices um now with the family relational stuff like that's kind of different because they it was like um a weird thing that was handed down anyways like the way you interacted with everybody was like oh you're a community um and everyone has a responsibility to raise a child doesn't matter if it's your child or not so they have that story as a personal story but in terms of like passing on language and p- passing down practices of like maybe fishing or like um, working on country or like being able to recognize things and seasons and stuff like that, there was none of that because obviously my nana's mum and even her mum were in that generation where it's actually quite um, you would you couldn't do it, you weren't allowed to do it, you, you would be punished or probably locked up or like your children was taken away or something and so it's taken like however many generations for my nana to come to something like weaving and then she's found another entry point which is looking at language and so she now she's now she teaches language in the communities so um and then i think because she went really heavily into the language she sort of like stopped weaving um and then at Actually, at the end of my show, she was like, "Oh, I think I um, I think I might start weaving again." And I was like, <laughs> "Yes, that's like my plan that's all success. along." Yeah, so that's one. Yeah, that's one success story of the whole thing. I think so. We're still. She even wants to do business and everything <laughs> with weaving. And I'm like, "Well, oh, this is this is something." And I think I obviously have been like working with her for like a year talking about weaving mm. and sometimes ideas take a long time to really ferment mm. and become something so so it's not done yet the show like just making the show is not the project the project well that's the idea is that um i'm yeah i'm trying to think about how my practice somehow incorporates a longevity or like this thing that overarching goal at something so I don't know because I'm like oh it can't be done because that would just be that would be like the opposite of what I was trying the statement I was trying to say um and the other thing is is it's not done because I haven't really taken it to places I think it should have a life in um do you know where those places are um I I've been talking to the country arts essay people about you know, taking it back to Naranjeri country. Um, and then I might have to make a plan B of the show because of like the um, venues that are available out there. But I think that, you know, maybe that's something that I have to do because if I'm going to make it accessible for people who don't <laughs> come and see theatre, um, that's, that's my, that's going to be, that's going to be my challenge um, in the cast challenge and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I, and then I want to do an Adelaide season. Um, just there's a there's a few things that if I just say it out there <laughs> in the world, like there's a Tanandi festival that happens. Um, and it's linked up with the arts, uh, the art gallery of SA, um, and they do like this big exhibition of indigenous visual arts. But they have like this festival they pair it with every um, every two years, mm. and so that's coming up. Um, 
and I've been I've always talked to that to the lady who runs that because um, I'm was thinking I'm always going to show it in Adelaide and Adelaide's an interesting place um, like they have they have a good performance season stuff that happen there um, but that's like three months out of the whole year yeah. <laughs> um, and then it kind of goes to nothing again um, and yeah so that's but it's only because I want people in Adelaide to see the stuff um, and then I want to be um, I want to have a season in, in Sydney and there's I mean there's a few options in Sydney if I'm thinking about what is available mm. um, and the other cool thing that I wanted to do with with every time I present the work is that I want to um, I want to run a workshop like a a weaving workshop in ta- in tandem so that like everywhere I'm going I'm like not only are people are coming and thinking about weaving like in a it's sort of sometimes it's abstract and um it's more it, it is a dance work as well in that sort of context but then also like the actual physical act of weaving is happening as well so I mean it's probably more work for me but it's it's kind of part of the it's like it's got to be part of the package otherwise I feel a little bit um, n- not genuine about what I'm trying yeah. to do. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's if they have the experience of the weaving before they see the show. Mm. Yeah, I did. I tried to like, um, that was kind of like the, hey, you get discounted tickets <laughs> if you come and see the show after you do the weaving workshop. Um, I think I, I'll get better at that as well because that was kind of like this thing that we're like, oh, yeah. Of course, they need to have discounts to come and see the show. But like, maybe it'll already be a thing. Like, you, it'll be a ticket that you can buy, like uh, combined ticket yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can do. Um, um, and the other thing is, is that I wanna, um, I always wanna engage the local people for whoever's like the the weaver, because there's there's actually so many weavers all over the country, um, and though the, the, there is a stigma around. Um, weavers always being done by women and it's just a craft it's not craft it's just crafty it's mm. not art mm. it's not yeah. so I'm I don't know how I do that but I want to challenge that a bit and there's like I mean there's it's not a um, I mean I don't know maybe I don't need to change that but as long as there's weaving happening and I'm connecting with the local people mm. it's always like I don't know, I'll have this like weird network of all these weavers across the country or something. And um, yeah, I feel like I'm already, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not amazing at weaving either, but like, I feel like I'm starting to get like this weird network of people who know me in the weaving context, not only as a performer. So that's Mm -hmm. nice that it's like another arts practice Mm. that I have as well as my dance stuff. Do you think that there's a need for, men to be doing weaving or to be in the dancing process of your show or as a replacement cast member or well that's interesting um well me we um i always imagined it as a woman's work um mainly because when i well there's lots of women in my family um and also when you pass down certain things um happens in the womb and there's lots of stuff about women passing on Mm. stuff um to their children through the womb and the umbilical cord there's like lots of um spiritual stuff that happens in that process um and i feel like that story of me we was a a woman's one Mm. but in no way am i saying that only women can do it um because uh, a lot of that history of um naranjari weaving um men were thought to be the best um, weavers in my community. Mm. But because of the missionaries saw it as a woman's crafty work, men were banned from doing it and women could continue. So, yeah, and they they actually, they wove different things. And obviously, like, because women and men, they do different things, practical reasons. Like, they would do a lot of the nets Mm -hmm. because that's their thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we would do basket and sort of mat stuff because we're sort of sitting and carrying stuff, you know. So, yeah, it's a bit of a – it was a bit of a weird one. I I was with an elder and then I was like – I loved this type of um, network for – I think it was like when you you weave it, you're like trying to catch bird, like a duck maybe. 
and you don't it's not like to go in the water but it actually sits like on two sticks in the ground um and it's like i guess it's like the birds can't see it and they just fly right into it Mm. so it's a duck trap and i wanted to learn how to do the the weave but um i was sitting down with my auntie ellen and I was like, oh, hey, do you know how to do this thing? And then um, there just happened to be another um, another male, another guy from the community, forget his name. Um, and he's like, no, 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 that that t- particular type of weaving is for men only. And um, and I just, I, I did find that like, I felt like my rebellious streak was like, oh my God, I still want to learn it. I want to learn it without your permission. But at the same time, I'm like, but it, you know, that's not for me to decide. And then... Another thought I had was like, but is anyone doing it? Because that's a problem if no one's doing it. And then it's just kind of dies because no one, um, it's, it's, there's a stigma around men and weaving and, and then no one knows how to do it. So then how, therefore, how can you pass it down? If no one's doing it and no woman is allowed to do it. So there's all this weird, um, cultural protocol stuff that sometimes is yeah like do you challenge or do you just accept or um would you are are there other instances where you would just accept that oh no no that's not for girls well i think it's my um i felt like i wasn't at a point where i wanted to um culturally challenge okay and i but for me it's like um as an artist we're always questioning everything so it's just like uh there's a bit of me that goes oh i so want to just i just want to maybe i just want to piss people off but at the same time i'm like is that i have to think culturally responsibly like am i going to be offending so many people Mm. and is it worth it Mm. at the end of the day like if i do that if i do that thing what is it what are we gaining um, and then also like, but do I just want to create conversation? And which is like, great, because art can do that, create conversation around like things, but why do we do it? And just, yeah, questioning stuff. Well, I guess in, we're lucky enough that we live at a time in Christian religion driven um, capitalist societies where women have been pushing back for hundreds of years saying no we want to vote no we want to work and so that's and that seems natural if you've been raised in that environment and then if you're told imagine going to get on the bus and like no this bus is only for men you'll have to wait for the next bus (laughs) i feel like you'd have you'd fight the bus driver yeah you would you well in like if you if you know that for your safety you're not going to get right. beat down, true. Okay. Then you won't say nothing because um, <laughs> everyone are. wants to everyone wants to live. True. Um. But yeah, there is there is something about being told no, you can't do that, and mm. then because you're female. Yeah, because of something you can't actually change. You yeah, can't change yeah, that you're female. Yeah. Um. So you've never really been given the opportunity yeah. for that thing. So that's that becomes a problem. That's like the same thing as someone being racist you're like, well i actually can't change who i am so sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> but right. i have to exist like this in the world so you might have to get over it you know <laughs> you know well yeah. you'd hope that people would obviously and the same thing with like men and women you can't change that you're a man you can't change that you're a woman or in this day and age you can be you can identify as whatever yes. as well which is also problematic for some people yeah, and yeah. some cultures and Yeah. Well, you made a show. I did. Premiered it. And people came and saw it. Yeah. I think there was a I mean, I always feel like people are generally positive like and I was in Melbourne, so well, they're, they're forgiving. If anyone's ever tried to put on a show, they know that it's a shit fight to put on a show at all. Yeah. And then it's a miracle if it's good. Yeah. And I think that's the, yeah, like it's, I mean, everyone, 
I think everyone hopes that it's like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you've like really hit the nail on the head or I don't know, you've really changed everything about someone's life yeah. um, because they've seen it. Then yeah. you feel pretty, you've achieved something. And I don't really know um, if that was the experience of anybody. Was it yours? Was it your experience? Um, I... I I do I feel differently as an artist because mm. I can actually say I did I put myself on the line mm. and that's a big thing I guess because it's a bit risky and you don't know how people are gonna take things and um but like I do feel um that the works that I usually tend to like um they they've made a statement of some sort. And I, I feel like maybe, maybe I'm not sure if my statement was clear and was um, received in my work. And I think that's why I mean when I talked about being refined mm. is me coming to um, like a point in the work that I make where it becomes clear or something is revealed and people just shift their thinking and I think that's what I'm interested in is people just going oh okay I get it now or all right yeah never thought about it like that and that's the that that would be that would be for me satisfying as um someone who made something and then had an effect on someone's thinking or feelings um I think can you think of anyone who's successful at that um I mean I've watched I've watched one work where I've thought that's happened. And then there's some works that I've, in retrospect, thought about and then, and then like, um, and then came to the conclusion that it was actually really thought provoking, even if I didn't really love the show. Mm. So I think that that's interesting, um, being able to walk away from something and go, uh, I didn't really love it, but it really did make me think mm-hmm. about something. And I think that that's interest. Like, I mean, in a way, I think if people walk out and they fucking hate something, then then you've done something. It made someone feel something, and that's what I'm interested in. I'm not sure if I did that. Um, and that's why I feel like maybe in the future when I'm – that's what I'm always – that's what I'm gearing myself up for. And it will, it will be my aim when I make work. And I feel like maybe with more work and more opportunities to make work, I will become more bolder and not um, and more daring in what I'm trying to get across. Mm-hmm. And I think um, there's no point in – there's no – it's not really good in staying safe and um, – making a beautiful work like because I feel like people have that reaction from my work they go oh that's really beautiful and it was nice and all those comments aren't actually satisfying for me (laughs) because I want to I want to have someone say that shit like that did something and that would be sad that that's when I know I may be successful is when I've actually been able to do that for somebody Mm. um, in my work and there's a reason why it exists. If there's a reason and I m- make people feel something, then I've maybe done some good art. And you want it to be beautiful as well as being affecting? I don't think I... L- I'm not in love with beauty. Okay. Like, well, whatever. <laughs> what is beautiful? I don't know. Um, but I have an idea of ballet. Like, everyone was like, oh, so ba- beautiful, graceful. Oh, so beautiful. That's what I think when I think of ballet. But I don't necessarily... Hate watching ballet. Why is that, Tony? I don't know. <laughs> you know. Is it because you feel like you can't see the person? Uh, I just, I, I always. Their bodies are fighting themselves, or. Look, I think the f- those dances are amazing, and I would like probably cry if I could do half the stuff that they could do. But I also think that a lot of the. So, they're 
a lot of the stories are archaic. They're very old. They're just... They're not I mean, helping our current social situation. Well, yeah, and like they? you go to them and you see a lot of the audience members, they're all like older generations and... It's going to be us one day. Yeah, and it's just like... Old that and rich. Weird elitism, you know what? I don't know. I just think that there's people who just go see it because it's... They can say, I've been to the ballet. Right. And I've been cultured. Yes. So that is it's, different. It's almost like going to the mechanics... To feel manly, even that you don't need anything done to your car. Yeah, taking care of business. That would be a weird thing to do. Yeah, it's like, oh, I've got to see a man about a dog. Can you drive into the mechanics and then yeah. you leave? Yeah. The, yeah, it's a weird um, signaling. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, we just do it culturally to feel good or something. But at the same time, I'm like, but none of those people who go there are going to have their life changed from watching Swan Lake mm. or something. Mm. Maybe they do. I feel like people do. They get moved by things and they... Like, um, it's interesting when we watch people move and use their bodies because I feel like as an audience, like, there's, like, an experience. We know we have a body. We all have a body so we understand, mm. like, what it might feel like or so there's maybe, like, a freeing when you watch something because you, you have a body and you know what it feels like to be in a body and you see your body moving in a particular way. That's and why can, I watch um, floor gymnastics. Oh, do you? I try and just imagine that i can do that <laughs> shit oh man i have the, i'm like yeah i can do that <laughs> but then like you and then you try and do something like and then you're like yeah nah, nah. there's no there's no way i can do that stuff and then you're like yeah okay so they have a skill <laughs> and it took a really long time for them to do that and yeah i just have to understand that i'm never gonna, <laughs> never gonna be able to do that thing um but yeah i've, I've kind of gotten off track but the, um, um, the beauty uh, Like yeah. I really like Ugly stuff Like I, re- I like Beautiful ugly stuff Yeah like you Like can the f- ugly duckling That's still a duckling Yeah Because it's still cute <laughs> It's cute and ugly Yeah, yeah. Um, Tari's work was cute and ugly yeah. <laughs> Well I Yeah It's Or uncomfortable I like Maybe it's that You feel uncomfortable When you watch something mm. I like that The I most think. uncomfortable I've been watching someone Give a present is when a cousin of mine gave a like a gym membership gift voucher to Ooh. his dad, my uncle. Yeah. And is, yeah. it was uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Because it obviously costs a lot of money, but he's not going to go. He's not of that generation. Yeah. So, but I guess I remember it. Yeah, like you remember those things. Yeah. And, you, and, and we're always interested in the things that make us feel uncomfortable. Uh, we pretend I think there's like This weird thing where Like yeah I don't really Like I, uh, Someone was asking me I was like Oh do you watch Embarrassing Bodies so I said yes I love it so much Because it's so disgusting That But it's like Interesting because We All the things they discuss We don't talk about Those things with other people So I'm interested in that Like the things We don't do talk you, about Do you want to be Talking to like the Macca's drive through person about your things though? Do you want them to, when they're like, hi, how are you? Do you want them to actually answer and be like, actually, I've got this weird growth going on <laughs> and then pass you your food? Or would you- <laughs> no, I think like, I think it's just, I, I'm interested in the unsaid things, like in just in general, mm. like. And it's not that you want them to become said things. Mm. You're just interested in. In the, the things that make us uncomfortable. Like mm. why, like. The what we've prescribed to, like the things that we've said, this is normal and this is not. Okay. But it's interesting when we all feel the so, same way about something that we just go, and then you actually bring it up with someone, and they're like, yeah. "Me too," and I, and it's like they never get to say it, but then you. Do you okay? Let me ask something that's an inappropriate. Do you feel an obligation to? have children with a partner who's also indigenous um hmm, i do i i will i I will say that i've always thought that i would end up with someone with indigenous heritage oh yeah yeah it's not always and i just feel like my reasoning is that i already there's so much of my history that i maybe don't know and then if I sort of combine powers with someone else who has some of their <laughs> yeah, stuff, yeah. 
um, that at, we have this like combined information yeah, that resources. we can then pass down. And when I think about Tom, he's like the perfect candidate because he's like, um, I don't know, he, he knows language, he knows songs and he actually is creating stuff. So it's not something we have to, um, we can make our own story because I, I guess it's like even better that we're both artists as well because we'll, we'll probably be a little bit unconventional as well. Um, yeah, and you'll have enough of your own thing to not um, get sucked into the vortex of each other's things. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a pretty big thing. That's why the issue of like moving on different country is a thing for me because I have a big, strong um, – uh, I feel like – my sense of identity will be um, sort of not invaded, but like um, it will be melded a bit more. And that, so in in Sydney, I mean, I'm on neutral territory because mm. it's not my country. It's not my partner's country. Mm. Um, so that actually is the biggest point for me is um, it's weirdly like, melding with someone else's identity too much mm. and being an own person in my art my own right in my, as an artist um but also like culturally as well because um yeah you i want to i want to there's something about me that wants to exist in this own neutrality of being myself somewhere else and growing and sort of thinking about that instead of being affected by something else that feels like a bigger than me because then if I move to a different country like when I talk about country I mean like to tweet <laughs> just for those listening language, so. <laughs> yeah in context um we're we're living in Australia but um technically in an aboriginal sense there's like different countries how many um, like. um there would like uh, originally I think there would have been like 255 yeah. and then like within those what what you would call a country that would actually be broken down into family groups who would then still have like this tribal um, boundary within their own country. Mm. Um, but then you'd have like, there'd be but a you'd mutual share a language. Uh, yeah. You'd the sh- there'd, there'd be different dialects between you all, um, but you'd, there'd be an understanding between all of you guys. Cause there's some, there's customs are very heavily the same in, in that sort of area. So, like, if you go out of the country, in in context, like, uh, say, why in my in my country, <laughs> my countries, <laughs> in Adelaide, like the Adelaide Plains is my Ghana country, and then if I go to the Riverine area, that's my um, Naranjali country, and then if I go to um, uh, the York Peninsula, that's my Naranga history, uh, my Naranga heritage. Um, and they all have different languages. Um, and then within them, they would have had different dialects. And then, But they all have this um, weird sameness um, about them and banding together. And there actually weren't, there weren't a lot of... Um, I found that there wasn't a lot of... Um, when you're close to another tri- uh, another country, you think that they would have some sort of like mutual understanding but a lot of the time the people who were closest to them they warred a lot with um they didn't have good relations with and um but if you have a trading route that's where your good relations would happen and mine was up the river and went so far up to like even maybe Burke and stuff like that because the river system goes all the way up there and so if you think about a river system it's just like having a road you get on your canoe and you go up the road mm. and then all of these people have such different things to you. You're like, yep, these are, this is our people. <laughs> and they're actually, we're neighboring to these clans, but we actually don't, we don't want them to have anything to do with us because they can't, we it's don't It's not dissimilar from how I think Australia thinks about itself being next door to Indonesia and PNG, but people going to Europe or to the USA on, on a plane like you just hop from one western country to another and you skip all of the ones in between that are not us yeah and you go and have trading partners and allies with people who you think are more like you yeah it makes sense yeah yeah, yeah totally it makes a lot of sense um we've obviously done that for 
the probably all of since History. all of time <laughs> since you could even think and speak. Um, yeah, because together you uh, there's survival in banding, mm. and we're always trying to survive better. So you always make the better partnerships with the better people. Because in you're kind of um, solidifying your history, mm. uh, your future actually. Well, solidify your history, you solidify your future, right? Yeah. In one thing you said in the other podcast was about looking back so that we can look forward. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the, um, I find it so fascinating um, the way that like society is kind of heading in this. Um, you know like everyone's becoming more enlightened everyone's got like everyone's got like this access to information that they've never had before like unlimited access to all this stuff um if you have a question you can pretty much find the answer or versions of people's answers um like so many so many options are on the table and um but then it's at the same time, it's like we're being so enlightened. We're actually detaching yeah. from everything around us, yeah. from everyone around us. Yeah. And there's something about like, and I'm, I'm sure this would have been true for most people like a long time ago, is that that sense of um, banding together and finding, um, finding future in the community mm. um, and um, looking at, forward in a way that actually is a bit more is solidifying your yourself and your place in the world yeah. um, and I think that we try to be so individual um, so therefore our responsibility is only to ourselves which then translates to other things in the world like it becomes like I only am responsible to myself I'm responsible and everything else can fall to the wayside like our country and mm. like our resources that we sort of like think that are endless. Um, but too much of anything is not good for anything. Mm. So um, I mean, I'm not saying that indigenous philosophy or um, ways of being are the answer for everything, but I do think that there is um, something missing for the way that, the West, especially the Western, I feel like Western society is pushing this a lot more. Um, and everyone's actually trying to aspire to the Western societies as well. So I think it's um, interesting. Um, but we become so separate that we're going to be the undoing of ourselves, like yes. our own, like we're, there's, like, there's not going to be a place to stand on because we're, there'll be, there's too much, um, we're forgetting about what there is already here trying to aim for the stars but like we're like yeah but can you come back to earth and like talk to someone instead of just aiming for mm. the stars on your own because um it's not sustainable and you're not actually being grounded in your thinking and actually yeah. um just how you relate to people is different in the western society i think um we do we do know community we do know people and stuff like that and we try to connect and stuff but there's this um, weird thing where I'm always like, I and I don't know, like maybe people do do this, but I'm always thinking about my ancestry and like who was before me and what their what their sort of hopes and dreams were, and how am I contributing to that part of me? I I, I carry that in me as well. I'm not separate. I'm actually the fabric of like all my ancestors. Um, so. Um, how do I honour that? I think uh, about not continuing the agenda of my ancestors. Yeah, yeah. Because it, I imagine, was directly in conflict with the agenda of your ancestors. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You could. I mean, I like. I like to think that everyone, um, everyone would have been what they thought was nice or 
a good person. Reasonable, yes. Yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like everyone. I'm sure the missionaries feels, thought they were doing the right thing. Oh yeah, they thought they were bringing the word of God to everyone, and it was the best thing that anyone could ever have thought or thunk. I really look forward to a point in the future where if someone starts talking about God, we treat them the same as when someone is on a like an acid trip or something, and they start talking about pink flying elephants or whatever and you're like yeah, okay yeah. i see that you're seeing that yeah but that's not useful for any of us to get on board with you right now yeah i think that like i i do i do i i like to think that everyone could have their own thing but i do i i also think that if not everyone's on board then that's okay too yeah well then it's about like multiculturalism but shared you need to have a shared culture of not being a dick to each other. Yeah. So like that you can have human variations of how you be in the world. Yeah, and it's not a problem. <laughs> I mean, I just watched Bloody Elizabeth on friggin' Netflix the other day and I was like, people were crazy with religion. They th- killed each other all the time and they they still do. And it's that's insane. Yeah. That's people though. That's yeah. not that's not like I don't think that that's godly. No, that's not that's. But that's a human condition. Is yes. that we just I don't know. We use these other excuses to do yes. things, yes. to make things make sense. But um, and I think if people, I think that sometimes when religion saves some people, <laughs> and that's fine. And I'm like, good on you, great, and that's amazing. But it's not. It's not necessarily God or the word of God that's fucked everyone over. It's actually people mm. and people's like they So we have a responsibility basically the people yeah. are responsible the people are responsible yeah. and if they're thinking not only about themselves mm. you you like if you if you but if you get taught to think about yourself individually you will become less responsible to everybody else around you and i'm not it's not like i want to guilt anyone into anything but I feel like that's like if you think about indigenous people how they used to live and how maybe a lot of people used to live but centuries ago. Yeah. Um even ownership like the idea that something is mine and it's not yours. Yeah, it's um it's interesting mm. like how we we um we think this like having something makes our life more meaningful but the act of sharing is not included in that when it's actually like caring for your fellow men because it actually means the survival of you as well. So can we think about others as ourselves? Mm. And also in, if I'm thinking about indigenous thought, can we think about the, like the other things on the earth as ourselves? Mm. Because intrinsically we are all linked. Like we we cannot if if the human race was wiped out then nothing would then nature would thrive <laughs> but if if it the bees be but if the smallest insect was to uh, be extinct then yeah. nature is out of balance mm. and you know like it's just interesting mm. that we actually think we're so much more important than we are in terms of the world itself like mm. we just are weirdly human centric like like egotistic narcissist or something weirdly living thinking that we actually don't affect the ourselves and our communities and the way we see the future and um and not reflect or don't see us don't see ourselves and others or something there's there's something about that that i think there's 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 the reason why we have like all these anxiety and there's depression mm. disorders and stuff like that do you think future works will be totally different or there'll be further iterations on the same things that you're thinking about do you have something that you're work like a different work that you're working on are you um, still working on like how to do this thing but better and more i am thinking about this one still um and i'm i'm a little bit like if i I'm like, if I don't have anything good to say, then I'm not going to just make a whole bunch of crap. I, I'm waiting. Like, I I don't mind waiting on something, an idea to really formulate and then f- ferment, and then I actually action it. Like, that's how I think I would make work. Um, there is one that I'm thinking about, but that's like, 
that requires a lot of effort and um and that actually is like <laughs> i've always been, it's a all male piece that i've thought about so when's the audition <laughs> yeah it's but it's that one's complicated that one would be in, in like that one will be yeah i have to be careful about that one yeah. About how you approach it and like yeah. who as you a, speak to. And as a woman. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Because um, it's not my experience on how to be another something than other than I am. Do you think that Pina Bausch was real worried about these kind of things or? I don't know. Meryl Tankard or whatever. She's like, ooh, don't know if I should make an all my piece. Or she's like, fuck, I got this. <laughs> I I think that like you know I think people are uh, hopefully they they know that you know they were self aware that they're they're making something that's not doesn't really maybe it did speak to them I don't know I, I don't know but like do I know what it's like to be a man I don't know maybe you know a better way maybe I maybe I do man. or my question it actually stems from like um, a personal family history yeah. um, so that's my where my interests lie and I think the reason why I'm careful about it or thinking about it is because it actually directly involves family again mm. and it's not actually going to be the most it's not going to be about birth it's not going to be about the future it's going to be about a bit more tangible and a bit more um, heavier subject material and I think that's going to be um, it's going to be like I'm going to have to approach it really um really uh not i don't want to say careful again but like really thoughtfully and i'm um, considered um because i could uh, it's a, one of those ones where i could offend again um and it's close to home so i have to think about that a yeah, bit more i guess there's a lot of people who are invested yeah emotionally invested or with their identity invested in the story and how it's told and yeah concept and so how do you then is this another one where you have some questions and you want to go through a process to deal with these things? Yeah, although I do feel like I might need some... This one I might need like uh, a little bit of... Not Maybe it's not um, outside or just someone else to mediate some of the stuff. Um, Culturally or familiarly, like in the um, family? Or? Just more objectively. Just someone who's not sitting in too close to home to it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and someone maybe who has experience in sort of dealing with sensitive subjects um, and the, like, I'm interested in interviews. I'm interested in asking awkward questions, I guess. But I don't know if I'm the right person to do it. Yeah, also you could then become that ignorant person that you're talking about on tours that asks you a very genuine question but their their ignorance shines through yeah and it's not an awkward question as much as an ignorant question or and i also don't know if i'm going to get the same response if i was to ask it than if someone else was to ask the question good point that's um the other thing too like removing that um the uncomfortability of me being the person but also them knowing that I'm going to eventually be listening to the stuff. Mm. I, I feel like that's, yeah, so that one's like a future thing. But that's nowhere near, like, I haven't even conceptually cemented the idea yet, but it's it's one thing that I've been interested in for quite a long time. Mm. Yeah. But that's, I'm not touching that anyone. <laughs> I'm not touching that one anyone. Soon. I just. But how do you conceptually cement an idea? Like, um, do you just I wait think, until it... No, I think um, f- it will be a time thing because um, I don't... I I am on a time limit because only because, you know, we're... The, we don't live forever. So, there'll be... I feel like there'll be a time when I know it's time because of someone else's timeline meaning that you know someone's getting older and i have to actually then i have to do it yeah so that's yeah and that's like and i'm using my art to like also investigate my family history because i feel like you know i don't 
it's a selfish thing as well. Like I want to know about my past. I want to know about my history. So I'm going to make a work about that, but also that it speaks to other people. So, um, and also just a wider audience in general. And that's why I think it'll take some time to, to see like the bigger picture of something. Because I know why it makes sense to me to do it, but I have to, I have to make it make sense for other people to come and enjoy the work and get something from it. Because otherwise, then I'm just <laughs> making a wanky work about something I wanted to do just because I wanted to do it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, unless it has a reason, then I, I don't see the reason in making it. <laughs> That's the other thing. Otherwise, I just write a journal. Why don't I just go and write a yeah, journal? Right. Yeah, and just document my own family history and my own self <laughs> mm. without anyone coming to see it. Mm. But it's like, it's it, like it's such a. I felt like when I made Miwi, it was a great way for me to enter my personal history and like me gaining information, and so that I can use for my future generations. Um, but also making it relevant for other people to come see, and um, and me making those connections was nice. Um, because it, it cements ideas as well, like about what I hope for the future as well. Like if I'm thinking about weaving, like I found a way to make it seem relevant for everyone to f- sort of come and see a work about weaving and dancing. And I found a way to make it sort of make sense. And um, yeah, so that's my <laughs> that's my next one. Cool, Tari. Thanks. Um, <laughs> you probably have to go. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm probably going to be late. Okay, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>